Welcome to Tony Steak Podcast. Welcome to the Tony Steak Podcast, episode 322. I'm Sean, and joined with me, we have Off Road Andy. Hello. And Tony Katz. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you for tuning in. Hit that subscribe button, share with a friend, and check out our entertainment podcast right after this. It's an exciting time of the year. Got a NBA playoffs in full swing, and uh, we're going to start things off with them. Some, some sadness, some greatness, everything in between. <clears throat> yes, I believe first, though, Andy wants to quickly touch up on the awards that have been given out. Um, no, we did that last week. That's what I was... Oh, well... <laughs> This so this is an old yes yeah well uh, that was last week well no you know what it's still gonna be relevant because it was announced uh, at least an hour or so ago that Joel Embiid did win his MVP award a so even though obnoxious. that was yeah so even though that was uh, expected it has now become official but uh I guess we'll uh we'll start off with the the playoffs here the NBA playoffs uh um I'd say let's start. With the Western Conference. Okay. And go back to last Tuesday. So, as we were recording last Tuesday, there were two Game 5s that ended up being the final games in the series. Yeah, there was so, a whirlwind of opportunity um, ahead of us at that point when we were recording. Yeah. Nuggets uh, closed out the Timberwolves, so they advanced the second round. And uh, the Suns closed out the Clippers. So the Suns ended up winning uh, the last four games in the series, uh, three in a row without Kawhi, and they all ended up being uh, pretty pretty similar. The Clippers played surprisingly well in the first half. Um, I think they might have been leading in all three first halves, uh, and then Phoenix just kind of overwhelmed them uh, offensively in the second half. Um, but they were all competitive games. The Clippers could have potentially won, uh, which I thought was a bad sign for Phoenix, and, and maybe that has been uh, confirmed that it was a bad sign for them. We'll talk about that after we <laughs> review the first round here. Um, but yeah, I just want to have my closing thoughts on the Clippers here. Um, a lot of question marks on what they should do. I think we talked a bit about it last week because we knew they were going to lose. But um, so one thing that uh, people suggested is the Clippers should, you know, pack it in, blow it up, whatever, move on from their two stars. They're too injured. Um, but there's some reasons not to do that. Um, but I think one one of the problems is people have a hard time of assessing probabilities. Um, they, they want absolutes. They want either it will happen or it won't happen, which is not how probabilities work. Probabilities are like, eh, there's a 30% chance or something. And that's really hard for people to grasp sometimes. So, um, I will pose this to, to you. What is the probability that next season, both Kawhi and Paul George will be healthy for a playoff run? 49%. For the whole season? Yeah, for the whole postseason. Oh, postseason. That they'll be available game one of the postseason, and they will be able to play in every game that they get through. Oh, we know as of today, Paul George, happy birthday, by the way, is uh, cleared to play. So should he stay that way the whole time, we'll be in good shape. Uh, I, I would say... Stay 40. Stay 40. For me, I would, guess, I would say like... Yeah, for me, I would say like... That they play the whole time. I'd, yeah, I'd say like 45%, I feel like, or okay. something. That's actually higher than I think most people would say. Um, but the point I'm making is, it's not zero. Yes. It's not zero. But some people are treating it as an absolute certainty that one of them or both will miss the playoffs. So why even bother? Um, but the Clippers are, are going to roll it over, take that chance that maybe next year will be the year. 
Um, in 20, 2020, 2019, I can't remember. Yeah, 2020, they were both healthy, and they just happened to lose, uh, which sucked. But that's that's what does happen. Um, but yeah, they're gonna they're gonna try one more time. Um, both uh, George and Kawhi could leave after next year, but they also could stay for one more year. I have a brand new um, arena. Assume. Yeah, Why they want to leave. Yeah, that, that's that's one question. Why would you want to pass up forty eight million dollars too? That's what they're set to make. You get unlimited. Um, iPad, uh, Windows equivalents. Yeah. Life, if you're on the. The course. really fancy Microsoft Surface. Yeah. Why would you want to leave that? Yeah. Um. But yeah, that's what the Clippers have decided. They are not going to blow it up. They are going to run it back. And I think they do have a decent enough roster. I mean, they do have some free agents to to make decisions on. But um, I think the roster is good enough that they, had they been healthy, they could have done something this year because I think this is kind of a weak year. Um. I think that's also been proven. Um, when we get to some of these other uh, first round matchups and second round matchups, um, it's not like you have to deal with the 2017 Warriors or anything. Um, so, yeah, maybe next year they're looking at we're just as good as anyone else if we have everyone healthy. So um, I agree. I don't I don't I mean, maybe make some change ups around them. But I, I think they're both, you know, early 30s in age, if I'm not mistaken. So, there's you know, reason to to mix it up. Yeah. Um, and then elsewhere in the Western Conference, a couple uh, better series, I would say. Um, Grizzlies-Lakers ended up going to Game 6. The Grizzlies took care of business at home, extending the series another game, uh, allowing Jack Nicholson to attend a Game 6. Hey, cool. Uh, so that's that was nice for everyone. And you could tell the Lakers played like they were excited yeah. to see Jack Black. They, uh, Jack Black. Or Jack Back. I, he might have been there, too. <clears throat> but the Lakers... Uh, they absolutely annihilated the <clears throat> Memphis Grizzlies on Game Six. <clears throat> they looked really good that game. I don't even remember what they beat him by, but they beat him by a lot. Forty, uh, one twenty-five to eighty-five. Yeah, so forty points and whew. So the Lakers have moved on, and they'll play their Game One tonight. And uh, I think well, let's, Andy let's do a little one to let's do a little bit of a Memphis Grizzlies obituary here. Yeah. yeah so do you um, think that was what Dylan meant when he wasn't impressed until you give him forty? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a good point. Uh, it's a really good point. Uh, I guess so. And uh, that actually, we should note that on that quote right there, that that is the last game also that uh, Dylan Brooks will play wearing a Memphis Grizzlies jersey as it was announced earlier today that the Memphis Grizzlies uh, not only said that they aren't going to re-sign Dylan Brooks, they said under no circumstance will we re-sign Dylan Brooks. So obviously there was some turmoil looks like going on in there. They didn't like the way he represented himself and the team with his talking and his behavior. And I'm sure not talking to the media didn't help his case either at times. Yeah. And uh, they just realized that their franchise is better without uh, this clown on their team. So uh, I'm not sure where he will end up. Like, where do you, would you guess? Like possibly like, is this going to actually get to the point where he's going to like, our team's going to struggle to want to like have him. And if he does go to a team, is he going to actually like, like how much minutes is he going to get? I mean, like, Teams are going to have to be caught. I mean, I think teams might be a little weary now. I don't think he's a player that everyone's going to jump out and be like, we need to get him. I think he needs to drop the WWE act and uh, just let the ball and his performance do the talking. Um, you know, oh. not a lot of people like Draymond Green's you know, attitude, but he can at least back it up by being a meathead on the court. So well, he's Draymond Green, though, plays good defense and he facilitates and exactly. he's a good all around player like Dylan Brooks. I mean, on the season, OK, he averaged 14 points, three rebounds, two assists. Uh, what was his three point percentage this year? It was 
32 percent which that's the problem is he's one. got a, a shooter reputation but he's not very good at it um his, his second year he shot almost 38 percent which is pretty good but uh, it was actually only 18 games yeah um yeah i think he can't he can't be effective in this league unless he actually makes his shots he's been an inefficient player most of his career but he's Backed it up with tough defensive play, but if that requires him to be, like you said, in a WWE man uh, to really get that going, then it's probably not worth it. But um, he'll definitely hang around a roster somewhere. He's not going to be playing in China. Uh, maybe he goes to Portland, goes back home uh, to the state of Oregon. But um, yeah, pretty pretty devastating um, to have that. I've never seen anything like that from from any sport. I don't think saying. Under no circumstances, yeah, like they like, really didn't want him. You usually say something a little nice, like we value his contributions to the team. Um, we'll it, see. We're it, going to the off season. We're going to make some changes, so we'll see if he's going to be part of the play. It, it, to just go out and say that it makes you wonder if there was other, you know, stuff that we don't know about that must have gone on in the locker room. Like well, maybe players were starting to get frustrated with him, and I'm sure not happy a lot of them too are like, Coach, why do I have to be a part of this pregame dance bullshit? Like, give me the fuck out of that tunnel with this guy. He's so weird. So uh, Draymond said in his podcast a couple months ago um, while talking shit about him, basically like, um, you need to find out what it's like to play with teammates that actually like you or something like that. Yeah, so actually so. Uh, a buddy of mine actually on Instagram today posted uh, one of the quote, like how, what he basically said to him. And Draymond Green basically said, he said, the dynasty starts after you, not with you. And then he said, if you ever wondered why the Memphis, why the Memphis Grizzlies are not ready to compete for a championship, look no further than this idiot right here. Uh, and he said this on March 8th. So, yeah, two months ago, he said that. And, <clears throat> you know, the world got to know him. And I, I said, too, when I noticed, I think we briefly touched about it on the podcast, is when I really got to notice that the Memphis Grizzlies were kind of a, just a bunch of little punks was, uh, ironically, that game against the Lakers when oh, Shannon, Shannon Sharp, Sharp was getting ready to fight the team. And it's like... Dude, like, I mean, if you guys are going after, like, a football legend who's in his 50s on the sideline, then, like, what is going on here? But, you know, it is what it is, and, you know, he'll have to shape up because I think he's, maybe he's got potential to be all right if he can shape up and put stuff aside, but I'm not sure. But uh, nonetheless, though, our Los Angeles Lakers have moved on, so that's exciting, at least for me as a Laker fan. Oh, yeah. And uh, the other series in the west that uh finished up was maybe the best series i think uh, is it the only series that went seven yes in the west. yeah that's right so um, the gold state warriors and the sacramento kings so. what's really interesting about this series is that uh it was 2-2 after four games each team winning at, at home. home which that was the story on the warriors is that he can't win on the road this year and what ended up happening happening in the, in the last three games they went 2-0 and on the road and 0-1 at home so um, pretty incredible uh, performance from the Kings to force a Game 7. Um, they they won by 19 points here. Uh, De'Aaron Fox was was coming off of a finger injury, and it looked kind of like they're not going to win this game, but they, they did somehow, um, which then with the Warriors with the backs against their backs against the wall. And uh, they, Steph Curry did what a, yeah. a, a great player does, and Steph Curry dropped 50 points on the road. Went uh, 7 of 18 from 3, 20 of 38 from the field, and uh, almost had a triple-double, 8 rebounds, 6 assists to go along with that 50 spot, and it was the first time in NBA history that a player scored 50 points in a Game 7. 
And uh, Kevon Looney should be noted with 21 rebounds. He's been very good on the glass for them, but uh, he's going to have his work cut out for him on those rebounds now because now he gets to go against the Lakers with Anthony Davis. So Kevon Looney still a force to be reckoned with on the rebounding, but I don't think we'll see any uh, 20 rebound games from him in this series. But no. maybe 15 rebounds, though, or something. I just don't think he'll be at 20. And uh, so, do you want to stick with the Western Conference, or you want to go, move over to the East first round? How do you want to do? Let's this? do. Let's jump over to the East then, really All quick. Right. So, in the East, um, last Tuesday, we'll just go back to last Tuesday again. Um, the Hawks forced a game six, which we did not think was going to happen. Uh, Trey on big three. Sean was telling yeah, us live that was happening. Yeah, we did break that news on our uh, entertainment podcast, actually. Yeah. Um, so, despite forcing the game six at home. Uh, the Hawks ended up blowing it and not um, winning their, that last home game, which uh, I'm sure the Sixers were hoping that uh, the Hawks would win and, and delay that series another game, but um, maybe it didn't matter in the end. Um, but yeah, it was uh, interesting, and the Hawks were up at, at halftime. No, actually, they weren't up at halftime. But uh, Trey Young had a good first half and a bad second half. Um, I think they had a lead in the fourth quarter. The Hawks did, but uh, the Celtics ended up winning that game. So. Um, but yeah, not a great look for the Celtics taking uh, six games uh, to beat what was essentially the eighth seed. Um, they did earn the seventh seed in the play-in, but the Hawks were the eighth place team in the East. Um, but yeah, they they did move on, and um, their fate they're playing the Philadelphia 76ers, who had already taken care of business by last week. Um, the Knicks also um, won on Wednesday. They won their game five. So they moved on. So that was a pretty dominating performance from the five seed that they, they would win that in five games. Um, but the real big upset on Wednesday, a game that um, if Tony was, was betting, he, <laughs> he might not be here. He might be, he might be dead because... Or I could have been the opposite he and was, took the big dog. He was so sure. No, yeah. Milwaukee's not losing this game. They're not losing this game. They might lose the series. They're not losing this game. And he seemed correct. Milwaukee had uh, looks like a 16 point lead heading into the fourth, and I was watching the Kings game, and they kept putting the score up there, and I saw it getting closer and closer and closer. Because yeah, we should say that flipped over to NBA TV. The the Bucks were because we, we Andy and I were watching this game together. I actually kind of I forgot that game was on that evening, and if I'm not mistaken, the Bucks were up by like almost 20 going into the fourth. So it's 16. 16. Okay. Um, that was a. Not a great look there. No, complete um, collapse. Uh, Jimmy Butler with the, the game-tying alley-oop play. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was uh, kind of crazy. I think missed, missed free throw is what allowed that to happen. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but the Bucks just looked rattled um, with Miami coming back. I mean, uh, I the would last be. minute, they, they didn't know what they were doing. Giannis almost threw the ball away. There was a, a dumb jump ball. And I don't know. The Heat just have some sort of magic. They got into the Bucks' head. So um, was it three years ago now is when the Heat upset the Bucks in the bubble. Um, the Bucks did get the revenge a year later, but it does seem like there's there's something. Jimmy Butler knows he can beat this team. I think he has that yeah. confidence. I can beat this team. They might be good, but I can beat them. Uh, and he, he did. He just had one of the great playoff series. Um, the problem with him is he can wear himself out. He's already worn himself out of the, the lineup tonight. Um yeah, you will be missing this game, game two. But, like, I don't know what to make of the Bucks. So, this is five <clears> years <throat> since they've been the best team in the NBA. They were the number one seed in 2019. They lost in the conference finals. One seed in 2020. 
They lost in the second round. Um, twenty twenty one, they win the championship, so that validates everything. Uh, but yeah, then these last two years, they lose in the second round to Boston. <clears throat> I lose in the first round as a one seed. Shows you how tough it is to uh, consistently win in this league. Yeah. I mean, in all leagues, really. But yeah, I mean, <clears throat> who knows what's going to happen with the Bucks? I mean, it is. I've actually enjoyed this basketball playoff so far more than I've enjoyed the last few years because of the fact of these upsets and everything that's going on. Definitely. Uh, I mean, we've we've seen a one seed go out in the East. We've seen a two seed go out in the West. And we'll talk about fun. this later, but this isn't the only team from South Florida to beat a one seed. Yeah, that uh, I'm actually really excited to get into hockey because hockey blew my absolute mind up this last weekend. But uh, yeah, we'll get there. Yeah, we will get there. But uh, yeah, so we got, and then yeah, was that that's the last? Yeah, that's. So now we're into round two. Yeah. Uh, so round eight, two, is, eight teams remain. Yeah, round two is starting at different times for everyone. Phoenix and Denver has already they've already completed two games. Yeah, and the Lakers and Memphis have yet to yeah. play. So Den- Denver took care of uh, Phoenix in both games. Um, last night was a little closer. Um, Phoenix was very low scoring, but that what's the problem with Phoenix was we we knew their depth. They're not yep. getting enough scoring out of everyone else. Chris Paul left the game last last night. Um, which he's not a big scorer, but he's yeah, a bigger scorer than Campaign or Tory Craig or these guys. It's just they're they're not getting enough. He left the game to um, film a State Farm commercial. No, I don't think that's that's accurate. He like hurt himself trying to get a rebound because he's just small. I don't, I don't know. What was he trying um, to do? But like you can't you can't fault Booker. I mean Durant didn't have a great shooting night. No, he did um, not. But he's still putting up points, and uh, Booker's still been good carrying over from the Clippers series. It's just they're not getting anything from anyone else. Campaign, two points, one of seven. Uh, Damian Lee, 0 of five in 26 minutes. Uh, that's, that's just shitty. Like, And then, yeah, DeAndre Ayton is just not filling in at all. Like He's he's fine. If 14 points, eight rebounds. At this point, would you rather have Zubach? <laughs> like, I'd always rather have Zubach. Really? Yeah. Like, DeAndre Ayton is the number one pick. He's not horrible, but he's just not. Well, he's also got those on off, off the court issues about how they've said he's actually like a legitimately addicted to video games. So that has actually interfered. That, no, no, but it's interfered with his training and stuff because he doesn't put in the work like someone like, like Kobe does. Yoda. <laughs> like I'm it's practicing online. <laughs> training you're not to video games. You are. Hey, that's, I'm going to bring that up in a, in the entertainment episode. So about how you're training. <laughs> you could train in video games and be a professional. Oh boy. That's uh, sounds like some VR shit. Professional nerd, Andy. Uh, <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, and his career Jokic. change he's going to tell us about in the next pod. Yeah. Jokic is showing that he is the true MVP. Yeah, I um, agree. Because he, he can was. actually play through all the games. Yeah, six, um, yeah, you know what? I'm telling you right now, this is going to wake up Denver. I, I Jokic, I think. He knows he should have got well, MVP. I think he it knew, already has. He knew he wasn't going to get it because of, like, you know, when Kendrick Perkins cried to everybody. But, you know, and then they went on that little slump afterwards. But now he's going to prove, like, hey, guess what? I'm look how I'm going to play. I'm ready to sweep the Phoenix Suns is what he's saying. You can't, you got to keep the gas on the pedal. You can't go back into Phoenix game three and be like, Oh, we're up two Oh, we can relax. It's like, no, you got to go into game three and pretend you're down two Oh, in my yeah. opinion, sweep you go them. straight for the jugular. Sweep them. So you can okay. take a break. So you can lose. <laughs> is that another thing? You're going to surprise us with the entertainment buzz. <laughs> Remind you of something there? I just want to correct. You said you got to keep the gas on the pedal. I think you mean oh. foot on the gas <laughs> or foot on the pedal. But, you know. Whatever. Keep when you, you get going, you get going. Dad, I yeah. think what you mean That's is it. burn rubber and eat my <laughs> dust. Yeah, whatever. Whatever, Russ. <laughs> but, uh, I, uh, you know, you're right. But see, that just shows you how passionate I was about that right there. I don't want to see any of this, like, Willy Wonka shit, you know? Yeah. Get him. None of this random stuff. But anyway... 
The so then the other matchup in the in the West has we just yeah, talked about it hasn't started yet. Lakers Golden State tonight. Uh, this who's, is who's, Adam Silver's dream. Yeah, the biggest. Tonight? Okay, so the biggest story about all that too is it's it's like you said it's LeBron James versus Golden State. I think the first time in the playoffs since not being a Cavalier or a Heat. Well, they did play a play-in game. Okay, the first ever play-in game, I believe. F, uh, Lakers, oh, and the Lakers, Lakers did beat them. Yeah, yeah, but that was in the bubble. That was when nobody was in the no, crowd. That was no, it was, it was no, no it was it, that was the one where I think I just saw the highlight the other day when LeBron so James the hit Lakers, the three. The Lakers probably didn't have any fans. Okay, but it was not bubble. Okay, okay, but then they, they didn't have fans then because I I saw it was the thing where LeBron shot the three and claimed he was seeing three rims mm-hmm. and said I just shot I just aimed for the middle one. What? And it's like okay, whatever. <laughs> but uh, anyway, yeah, so. And also to your point, you remember we were doing this last round about cheapest tickets, and now with this game, so I saw $40, it today. Uh, yeah, what like a legitimate guess from both of you because I, I have it here somewhere. Cheapest but what seat, do you think? I'm going to guess the cheapest seat now in San Francisco or LA. I don't think it'll make a it difference. It says it's basically for both. Okay. It's for like both. I'm going to go seven fifty. So I actually saw it somewhere. So that's a lie. According, okay. well, at least according to what I saw earlier. Uh, I don't remember I saw it earlier, <laughs> but I did see it somewhere. What's the lie? Uh, okay, here it is. It says uh, the average ticket price for Warriors versus Lakers games one through seven. Most expensive non-NBA finals playoff series on record, $726. So that's average. This is yeah. the lowest available. Yeah, so the lowest available though still is like 294 yeah. But the average is 796 which is insane. I mean, you can spend probably $36,000 to sit next to that Chinese lady on the floor. Yeah. You think that's what a floor seat would go for? Oh, you know what's so funny, Sean, is I actually... $11,000. That's it? So, Sean, I actually saw a uh, somebody had posted on, it was something on Instagram, it was like some page that somebody follows, and they're like, I was watching the Lakers game, they're like, let's just slow it down, and it's like a scene where like one of the players walks by and you just see her in the back, and he zooms in, he's just like... What is this? Yeah, she's and during it, it really the game. I'm sure she's one of the most Googled people well, on the planet. You know what it really looks like is uh, the one movie, uh, Bernie, when the guy's dead. Uh, yeah, we get we get. It looks like somebody just brought a dead rich woman to the game, and they're like using her to get in and use her seats. She's just but, tired. She'll wake up. Yeah, but yeah. So I mean, that should be a. I, I anticipate it to be a great Nonetheless, series. it should be entertaining. Yeah. Um, oh, I think it'll be a great series, too. I mean, Golden State's at home, and they're only favored by four and a half, which tells you that you're not going to see any big spreads on either side in this series. So I wouldn't be surprised. Clay I, might shoot a three on the wrong side just on accident. That would surprise me, I have to admit, but you never know. Uh, and then I guess moving on to the East, we've got uh, the Miami Heat, New York Knicks. Miami Heat took game one from New York in, my, in New York. Right? Did I call them Miami Knicks? What are you laughing I don't know. I was just I'll have to go back to the tape. I'm, I don't know. There's someone on the, the 76ers named Jay Springer, which is, is going to come up later. <laughs> oh, that oh. is going to. I forgot about that. Oh, that is interesting. But uh, anyway, then the Miami Heat beat the Knicks game one. Uh, but some news here to game two. No Jimmy Butler for game two. Yet with uh, two minutes to go in the first half, the Miami Heat are up by three points. So. I'll tell you what, if they sneak game two without Jimmy Butler, then it's all but over for the Knicks. I don't know how serious Jimmy Butler's injury is. I have a feeling they're resting him because they know they took home court back. And uh, I would expect him back for game three. And then the other game, another team without their star, 
Philadelphia 76ers without MVP Joel Embiid went on the road yesterday because I know Sunday wasn't, or uh, this was yesterday, right? No, yes, yesterday. Uh, I was going to make a joke because I thought it was Sunday. I was going to say I know it wasn't Easter, but there was a resurrection in that game. James Harden played like it was that he was on Houston in 2017 or something because he goes 17 of 30. He took over. No MB. He goes 17 of 30 from the field, 7 of 14 from three, only got to the free throw line four times and scored 45 points. And even though you hate Philadelphia, Sean, you'll like this stat. They went 12 for 12 from the free throw line. So I respect that. You, you hit your free throws. But the crazy stat about that was halfway through the third quarter at some point, they had not taken one free throw, Philadelphia, wow. and they were still winning. So, wild game nonetheless. But, uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's our, uh, where we stand right now in the NBA playoffs. It's going to be a uh, – should be a good, good, exciting finish. I mean, there's a lot of, you know, drama's been going on so far. So, oh, yeah. I'm looking forward to it. And, uh, yeah. I'm excited for the Lakers so I think, series uh, to start. I'm, I, uh, I'm picking them to win tonight. Very good. I like that. So I think uh, well that'll wrap us up for uh, some some basketball talk for now. There will definitely be more yep. this time next week. All right. Well, should we talk about the NFL? Yeah, we had the uh, the NFL draft this past week, and um, it's always fun. I mean, you could have all the people predict what they they think is going to happen, and they're never going to be 100 percent correct. So there's always surprises. Um, I think the first big one was the Houston Texans did stay at number two and draft C.J. Stroud. So a lot of, a lot of buzz about people don't really like Stroud. He's fallen um, coming into the process or after the college season, he was the clear number two. But, um, you know, people were saying, oh, there's other guys that might move up here, um, like Will Levis from Kentucky. Um, but in the end, the Texans stayed at the number two pick and took Stroud. Um, the Panthers did take Bryce Young, as expected, at number one. Um, but, yeah, then our first big surprise at number three, not the player who went, but the Houston Texans moved up, and they got the number three pick. So after having the number two pick, they also had the number three pick. Uh, they traded up from, I believe, the 12th pick, which was from Cleveland in the Deshaun Watson deal. Um, the Houston, Houston Texans gave up a lot to move up to get Will Anderson, who uh, was basically the consensus top defensive player in the draft. Maybe not the highest ceiling defensive player, but um, a very great prospect who doesn't have these personal issues that some of the other defensive prospects have. Um, We'll talk about that. Um, but yeah, that was that was a big surprise. Um, great move by the Cardinals because the Cardinals are going to be bad next year. Kyler Murray is not going to play. So they don't need necessarily need to go out and get the impact player right now. Uh, so to trade down and get extra picks was the right move. Um, and number four, the Colts, another big surprise. They take Anthony Richardson out of Florida. So um, he was projected to be either the third or fourth quarterback taken. Uh, but I think people thought he'd be maybe mid first rounder. But um, if the Colts waited, they probably wouldn't have been able to get him. Um, he's basically an incredible physical prospect. He can run. He's got a great arm, but he just was not productive enough at Florida. Uh, but we've seen it in the NFL where quarterbacks who aren't great college players end up uh, making it in the pros. Um, we'll see. The Colts have been struggling to find a quarterback they keep bringing in veterans the last like five years uh so this was the right move to finally draft a young guy um the raiders they drafted a a nice prospect that i heard might gone as high as number two uh tyree wilson out of texas tech another pass rusher 
Um, so for that helps them chance, along there with Crosby. Yeah, having a, a second one. Uh, it didn't work out with Chandler Jones last year, but um, the Falcons took a running back at number eight. Running backs are, are not really going that high anymore. Um, but he went, he went number eight, and um, he's a special prospect. A lot of people think he's going to really help in, in the pass game as well. But now the Falcons have taken three consecutive years um, skill position players. They took um, Kyle Pitts, tight end, uh, two years ago, and then Drake London out of USC last year, and now Bijan Robinson. So all They still have picks. Calvin Ridley, too? No, Ridley's with the Jaguars. So after the whole uh, betting thing, they oh, that's him. right. He's the one I was betting. I always, I don't know why I always forget about that. But yeah. about that. Uh, at number nine, the Eagles, who had this pick from um, some crazy trade they did, and it looks like it's from I cannot figure out. Oh, they they must have moved up. Yeah, but they did have okay. They had the New Orleans pick. That's what it was. They had New Orleans pick from a trade they did last year. Um, so despite the Eagles being the, the runner up in the NFL, they had a top 10 pick, uh, and they ended up with Jalen Carter, who is probably the highest ceiling defensive player in the draft, but, uh, he had some off the field issues, uh, street racing stuff. I think we, we have talked about it before, um, but he's a great prospect. And if he, you know, cleans up that part of it, then that's a, a real big help to them. Cause they kind of, they build their defense around that defensive line. Um, they have, they've always had run stuffers and pass rushers and just how that makes everything easier for them. Um, another surprising pick, the lions who they have the number six pick. They, they traded down, which you're always advised to do. You always get more value when you trade down. Um, so they made that the right move there, but what they did was they drafted a running back, uh, Jameer Gibbs out of Alabama. So he was projected to be maybe a late first rounder, early second rounder. So they, uh, you know, it maybe as as a reach, um, but what was was surprising is the Lions had a great run game last year. Yeah. Oh, DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams. Jamal Williams is gone. So Swift, Swift was still there. So what was going on there? Um, but soon after, they did trade Swift, I believe, to the Eagles. So um, uh, I didn't I didn't know Swift. I mean, uh, Williams was gone. Where did Williams go? I don't remember. <laughs> so the thing about Williams though was he had a good year, but it was like I think it was just situationally. It was, was a good. touchdown year. He had like exactly like, and you see stuff like that. I mean, Lendell White had a big touchdown year one year. It's like doesn't necessarily, unfortunately, make them great running backs. It just means like when they would get in the goal line, that was their guy to give it to. And I think the point was their running game was good, not necessarily the running backs. Do you really need a top level running back to elevate that run game? Um, why don't you try to build your team <clears throat> in another way? Um, a lot of people wanted them to get a quarterback. They 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 did, I believe. They did take. Um, who did it take? Why am I blanking on that? I don't know. Uh, they took Hendon Hooker. That's what it was. Okay, I, I remember that. Uh, in the third round, so he's twenty five or twenty six years old. Well, you already, know what? You know what's funny is I out uh, for the year with the torn ACL. I saw a uh, a little thing from somebody like that gave out grades of everybody's draft, and there was like six teams that got A's, and then a bunch of teams that like A minuses and like. B pluses, B's, B minuses. The worst grade was a C plus, and it was only one team, and it was the Detroit Lions. So they, uh, same thing that you were thinking, kind of confused why they got a, uh, you know, took took a running back so early, and then yeah, with their second first round pick, which was their actual one, uh, they took a linebacker, just a normal like middle linebacker, and usually don't see those guys go very high anymore. Um, so I think, but Iowa's always got a good defense. Yeah, yeah, he might be a nice player. It just it's one of those things where, oh, couldn't you got him later? Like, could you have waited? Um, that's just the game of the NFL draft. Do you do you should you fall in love with players and, and reach for them or not? Um 
I don't know, what are some other picks that are important to talk about? Uh, my team did draft a wide receiver. I did want a wide receiver. And um, four wide receivers went in a row. So uh, Jackson Smith Jigba from Ohio State, he went to the Seahawks at 20. And then at 21, 22, and 23, three, receiver, three more in a row. Um, and the Chargers took the guy I might have least wanted. But I'm not too upset about it because uh, I think they were all pretty close. Uh, the problem is the Chargers have big receivers. Keenan Allen isn't a huge receiver, but he's still like 6'3". Mike Williams Mike is a huge Williams guy. A guy yeah. Josh Palmer, their third receiver, is, is is pretty big. And they're they're slower. They're slower by wide receiver standards. So who do the Chargers take here? A 6'3 guy who runs a 4'5". Um, while Zay Flowers and Jordan Addison, who are smaller, faster guys, were still on the board. So, um, But the Chargers have a type. You can't You can't go wrong with, you know, this is the way we like to... They've always had big receivers back to Vincent Jackson and Floyd and a lot of uh, a lot of people I've been seeing are really happy about that. I think that's a really was a really good pick for the Vikings to get that Jordan Addison, having him go alongside with Justin Jefferson. It's going to make that potentially be a very deadly receiver duo. And then I believe they still have Thielen as far as nope, they don't. Where'd he so go? Thielen went to Carolina. So oh, they, that's they, where they, he's they, that's where he goes to die. Then yeah. unfortunately, oh yeah. yeah. They don't. I mean, they have Bryce Young. Uh, we'll it's, where, it's where he goes to die, Andy. I know you want to help save the young slot, re- like little receiver that's got some of the best hands in all of the NFL, in my opinion. Makes some great catches, but oh well. Well, another thing about uh, the the Ravens took Zay Flowers to twenty two. They also got a deal done with Lamar Jackson. So yeah. this was part of the deal. They signed Odell Beckham, and I think they gave him a guarantee. We will draft a receiver, and I think they got the one they wanted. So okay, is, so that works out. That was the big more. speed guy. So, yeah. All right. Well, but any other uh, big notable ones? I guess actually we should talk about Will Levis. He uh, was, you know, we talked about it briefly last week about the whole uh, <clears throat> stuff with uh, Reddit and whatnot. And uh, so there was a lot of people that thought like, okay, he's going to, I mean, the shit, there was people that thought he was going to go number one. And then all of a sudden it was like, okay, well, for sure, two, three, whatever. Will Levis did not get drafted in the first round, but they said, you know, he would get picked early in the second round because uh, three of the top five picks were three teams that were, you know, in need for getting another quarterback. And it was the Tennessee Titans, the Las Vegas Raiders and the LA Rams. And uh, well, the Titans moved up to get him. Yeah. So the Titans moved up from Arizona, but uh, from the pick to get from Arizona, which was only a couple picks up. So they, they, they made sure they were going to get him. Uh, and they ended up drafting Will Levis. So I assume that's going to be their guy. And I almost feel like he almost just already almost kind of reminds me of just like a Tannehill already anyway. So who knows? I mean, it is interesting. They, they, I don't know what's going to happen to Malik Willis. Can you just release him? Like, yeah, no, they're done with him. I can see like, they did not seem like they were very happy about that whole well, what's thing interesting situation. is like when he was drafted it's like oh this guy won't play at all his first year he's just so raw um and here they already after one year they already made a decision not to go forward with him and um, the pick before that i'll just note because i'm a steelers fan and steelers did get a cornerback out of penn state by the name of joey porter jr and that's because his father was a linebacker on a super bowl championship team that you know me as a steeler fan been a Steeler fan since I was about, what, 13 or so? So about 20 years almost. And I, you know, I remember Joey Porter, and it's cool because he's also a, uh, a coach for the team. So it's, it's pretty cool to have his uh, 
son there. And I mean, the Steelers, they like to keep it in the family. We know that uh, Cam Hayward has his brother on the team. Uh, I think there was two Watts on the team. So they, uh, Steelers, you know, they keep it in the family sometimes. You know, Steelers are a tradition team. You know, they, they blood, sweat, family. I don't know if that's not their, their uh, slogan, but yeah. uh, also, you know, can you actually scroll down a little bit more here? Well, there's one pick I want to okay. here on the Raiders with their second pick. Got uh, Michael oh. Mayer, tight end of Notre Dame. He was thought to be a first round prospect. Raiders traded Waller. Yeah, that's so a notable he, pick. That'll be good for the Raiders. That was a good pick on that for them. And uh, from uh, one of the things I was going to note out a little bit here was, uh, can you find me the right there? Uh, the Kansas City Chiefs getting Rasheed Rice. You know, I watched a few of those. I enjoy watching like those uh, random football conferences. Like, you know, you get the SMU, the Houston, the games that are high scoring. And I mean, you never know. A lot of times these good receivers come from those kind of divisions. They come from the American Conference. They come from the big, I mean, uh, the Mac and stuff like that. I mean, you, you see it all the time. And I've watched that guy play. And I mean... He gets to be with Patrick Mahomes. I mean, this Rasheed Rice guy, he could be he could be decent. I think he had a pretty solid season last year with them. So I mean, he's a uh, he, you know, I'm just going to remember that name. I just could see him being with uh, Patrick Mahomes and actually being uh okay. I think his biggest thing is the Chiefs sometimes like to draft guys that beat up women. So I think as long as he keeps his hands off that, you know, everything should be good. Uh some other Picks I'd like to to highlight here: Stetson Bennett going to the Rams in the fourth round. This is kind of crazy to me because, like, I don't even know if he was going to be drafted. But that's that's. But you know, it's funny. The things I was listening to said he would be a good, like, third string quarterback for a team, and like, they say hey, he's a winner. You know, so I mean, he could be a third string, and maybe he'll get his chance to come in and do something. And the Rams seems perfect because I would be surprised if Stetson Bennett starts a game like Week 15 or something when the Rams are four and eleven and the season's all but done. That's when you can see some Stenson Bennett action. Uh, UCLA's Dorian Thompson Robinson went in the fifth round to the Cleveland Browns. Um, Deshaun Watson replacement. I don't know. I don't know if he's going to make it, but you know, UCLA legend. Uh, and then Heisman runner-up Max Duggan uh, from TCU going to the Chargers seventh round. So uh, mm. that's fun. He's he's a fun player. He he had a bunch of rushing touchdowns and everything. I don't know if he's going to be any good, but you know, it's fun. <laughs> he was a, a big time college player. I mean, the other thing is uh, the Chargers took two TCU wide receivers in the draft. Yeah, so there you go. They're just teaming those guys up um, for practice. Yeah, because they're not, you don't want that. If they're teaming up on the field, Andy, that's not a good sign. No, 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 no. <laughs> All right. Well, anything else or should we move on to NHL? NHL. All right. You ready for that, Sean? Let's do it. You ready to put your jacket on and get cold on the ice? Yeah. Okay. So briefly, we'll talk about. Uh, last week's game. So when we led, left you guys off, uh, the Islanders were playing the Hurricanes, and the Islanders won that game to force a game six. Uh, the Stars had uh, beaten the Wild that night to go up 3-2, and then the Oilers had beaten the Kings to go up 3-2 as well in the series. So then the Panthers, who were down 3-1 to one to the Bruins, uh, won their game last Wednesday in Boston to make that series 3-2, so still against the best team. The team had just broke the NHL record for most points and everything like that. It still looked like Panthers were going to be still all but dead. And then the Seattle Kraken went to Colorado, and they won that game to go up 3-2 in the series. So that was last Wednesday. And then on Thursday, the Lightning 
uh, beat the Maple Leafs on the road to go up to make that series, uh, to cut that series to three to two. They were still down. The Devils beat the Rangers to go up three two in the series. And then the Golden Knights took care of business against the Winnipeg Jets uh, and they moved on to the next round. And now this is where everything gets exciting the weekend that was of this NHL playoffs. So on Friday, the Carolina Hurricanes went to New York Islanders up uh, three games to two, took care of business. They went two to one in overtime. Carolina Hurricanes move on to the next round. Now the Florida Panthers and Boston Bruins. Florida beats Boston seven to five and ties that series at three. But with it still needing to go back to Boston, you know, a lot of work felt like probably still needed to be done. And then you have the Dallas Stars take care of business in Minnesota to go up four to one. I mean, uh, four two in the series to move on. They won the game four one. Uh, same thing. Road came Colorado Avalanche beat the Seattle Kraken four one, forcing a game seven in that series. So then we move on to Saturday where the Toronto Maple Leafs beat the Tampa Bay Lightning in overtime and they move on to the next round. And then we have the New York Rangers. First time in 19 years. Yeah. Awesome. First time in 19 years. It was big, big deal. The New York Rangers keep the series alive. They beat the Devils at home five to two to force a game seven. And then the Edmonton Oilers took care of business. They knock out the LA Kings on Saturday evening, five to four in LA to move on to the next round. And then on Sunday was when chaos just broke loose because the, the Florida Panthers that were down three to one stormed all the way back. They beat the Boston Bruins in overtime four to three, and they eliminate the number one seed, the number one team in the NHL, the points record holder in the first round. Uh, and also this wasn't your typical, you know, number one versus eight seed or whatever you want to call it, because Florida Panthers won the president's trophy last season with the best record in the NHL. So, you know, Florida is not a team to go about. And I just briefly want to touch on that. Boston Bruins had the best goalie in the NHL this year and Linus Ulmark. He led the NHL in wins, um, goals against, save percentage, you name it. The triple crown of goalies this year. And he won the award for, you know, like I said, best goalie. He didn't start game seven because it finally had starting to come out that he was doing bad. And they started, they come to realize that he actually had an injury that was making it uh, a groin injury. I believe it was that was making him not be able to be as flexible and everything like that. And finally they just, they made the switch. And I was listening to something today that was saying, you know, as a player, he should have, you know, stepped up and basically been like, I can't play anymore instead of being a hero. Because when you're the goalie, especially in the NHL, you need to stretch. You need that groin. You need to be able to go into all sorts of positions, stretch out. Uh, I mean, you see these goalies are all very flexible. So, you know, it's a bummer. That was a time to get hurt. But, uh, I mean, I, I believe it. It showed because those Florida Panthers last three games when they were down 3-1, they put up goals after goals after goals. And this was a guy that allowed hardly even two goals a game this year in a 50-game sample size. So, big deal. But the Florida Panthers have moved on to face the Toronto Maple Leafs. And then here was another one. The Seattle Kraken go on the road in Colorado and they knock off the Colorado Avalanche two to one. Another big upset. Defe defending champs beaten by a team in their second season, right? Yeah. Or third, third, season. third season. And then also the goalie for Seattle used to be a goalie for Colorado as well. Philip Grubal. Also, I think this is revenge from Gary Payton when uh, Kim and Mutombo mm. beat him in 1994. I, what? Uh, Seattle versus Denver. You know? Okay, yeah. 
That was uh, when the the eight-seeded Nuggets beat the uh, Seattle Supersonics. Oh, wow. I did not know that. Yeah, so that was some good revenge. I'm sure Gary Payton was very excited about this game. I'm sure he was watching at home. So, um, yeah, the Seattle Kraken move on, and they will uh, be facing the Dallas Stars. And then the final game, New Jersey Devils take care of business at home yesterday, game seven. They they knock out the very talented, skilled New York Rangers, uh, beating them 4-0. They move on to the next round, and they will be facing the Carolina Hurricanes. So there's already uh, the first, uh, the second round started today. The Florida Panthers are currently beating Toronto in Toronto three to two going into the third period. So they're looking like they're just playing with a bunch of momentum. Then we have the Dallas stars playing the Seattle Kraken this evening. And then tomorrow we've got the Carolina Hurricanes versus the New Jersey Devils. And then we've got the Edmonton Oilers versus the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, this has all been really exciting. I mean, the goal, the Oilers, to me, look like the team to beat in the West just because that offense is so amazing, and it's kind of cool to actually finally see them, you know, looking like they're going to make a run. And then in the East, I mean, all four of these teams right now, I mean, the, I think, you know, Devils or Hurricanes, I think, is the best bet to represent the the East because just the, what the styles of play they play, like they can score goals, but they're also a good defensive team. But, you know, I'd have to say right now in the East, though, I'm I'm liking New Jersey. I mean, they were down 2-0 to the Rangers. They stormed back, you know, and then uh, Hurricanes are, are a very beatable team, in my opinion. I think because both these teams can play defensive, but Devils just have a better offense than Carolina, in my opinion. So, I don't know. We'll see. I'm, uh, it could feel like old school. We could see the New Jersey Devils back in the finals, maybe against the Dallas Stars or something. That's kind of what it was in the early 2000s. Well, I'd like to see Toronto versus Edmonton. Oh, they, I would too. That Canadian matchup. I don't even know when the last time a Canadian team won it. I think it's been a little it's bit. It's been since like 92 or something like that. Since a Canadian team won the yeah. finals? Damn. Yeah, because you've had those good teams of Detroit. Yeah, Calgary made it but lost. Uh, Edmonton made it also but lost. Yeah. Yeah, wow. Well, that's exciting stuff. Uh, I, w- I wouldn't mind seeing a Canadian team represent. I, I would like to see Edmonton or or Toronto. Honestly, there's not one team left here that I would be disappointed in seeing. Like, obviously, you know, Golden Knights are fun to cheer for. I have not, Edmonton's very exciting to see. The Devils weren't supposed to be that good this year. They haven't been good in a few years, so it's kind of cool to see them doing well. Hurricanes are kind of boring, in my opinion, to watch, but I mean, they're good. And then you've got uh, Florida and Toronto, I mean, which are fun teams. Bryce Young went to any of those games? Oh, uh, the Carolina games? We'll see. He just became a That's hurricane. Right. The other game was in New York. He hasn't had a chance yet. He should be there. He should be there, absolutely. But, uh, yeah, I think that's uh, going to wrap up our NHL. And I think the and podcast, the podcast. Yeah? So uh, you've been listening Very to good. episode 322 of the Tony Steak Podcast. I'm Sean, and joined with me, we had Off-Road Andy. Thank you. And Tony Katz. Thank you very much. See you later.